Welcome back to Three at the Back. My name is Ben Henley Washer. I'm joined as always by the lovely Luke Bosher. It is good to be here. And the self proclaimed ADHD 16 year old girl, Felix Parkin. Hello. Out of context, that sounds absolutely horrific. But, uh, yeah, well, it, it, it know, is. Most it is. things you say. Most things you say are absolutely horrific. How are we all doing? How, how are you, mate? You all I'm right? well, mate. I'm well. I'd like to start with an observation, if I may, Ben. Um, mm-hmm. which is that last night I was sat at home and I had absolutely nothing to do, nothing. So I thought, you know, I'll, I'll see what sort of football's on. And obviously it's Europa League last night. I'm looking through the fixture list and it's just absolute shambles. I, I, I don't want to watch. <laughs> I don't want to watch these games. What I think that we can all agree until the last 16, it's a competition that nobody gives a f*** about. Like, what... <laughs> Spurs played LASK. That sounds like a group that may or may not be associated with Al-Qaeda. This is... These games are just... <laughs> Why are we playing them? It, I, I, I would like to propose here at the top of the podcast a solution, which is in January, we just pick 16 underachieving teams throughout Europe and they can just play a last 16 Europa League. Because that's, that's who's always in the last 16. Why don't we just do that? Well, Fee, as a Liverpool because... fan, no one is forcing you to watch the Europa League, mate. Yeah, but yeah. I had nothing to do. I, I, I'm a celeb. It was on. No, it was. I don't like that either. But <laughs> I'm just saying, when it comes to the fact that I'm sat home and I'd rather listen to BBC Radio Free Counties, I think you've got a problem. Why? Why have you? Why? It's a fantastic radio station, BBC Radio Three Counties. I'm not having that. Um, Can you stop yeah, but, promoting uh, your employer for one second, please? Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh, all right, all right, all right, all right. Everyone, calm down. All right. Less of the Al Qaeda accusations, please. At the top of the pod. Um, it's a, it's an you, observation. Best. You 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 would be against a European Super League. But you want to take away Lask's big night in well, Lask? Oh, they got a draw against Tottenham. The other team beat Tottenham. That might be the biggest thing that happens in the club's history. Yes, but it's completely pointless because they're never ever going to get through. For you, never... not for those poor little farmers out in uh, wherever. I don't, this is getting bad. Um, <laughs> let them have the little. Let them have their night in the sun or the moon. Yeah, uh, uh, look, we should we should move on fast. Let's move on quick from this. I'm just saying, Europa League. I I think there's a lot of pointless games. That's all I'm saying. Whilst we are airing sort of dirty laundry, I sent through, I mean, this map's a little bit out of date now, but soccer.com did like a poll of the United States to find out uh, the, the favourite players of each state in the United States. 
and most of it is like Messi, Ronaldo, obviously Pulisic, um, or Pulisic, depending on whatever you want to call him. Um, and there are some rogue ones though. Uh, Vermont, their favourite player is Deli Ali. Oh, interesting. Have they not watched football since like 2017? I think the I think the most rogue one for me on this map, and I, I did enjoy it. Um, mm-hmm. I can't. This is quite bad now. Um, I don't know what state it is. I think it's South Carolina's favourite player is Benucci. Yeah, that is rogue. Mm. And I, 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 again, the state could be wrong because I'm just looking at the map. And I, I also, to... qu- I also quite like how um, Hawaii's is Anthony Mar- Marshall. Is it? Yes. And Alaska's is Marcus Rashford. Yeah, Alaska is a weird one. Well. You know, I'm just surprised that no one in America seems to have heard of AFC Telford United because none of our players seem to be on there. Oh, and no, that's... fee is. Yeah, f- uh, Florida's is actually uh, Troy Deeney's brother. Oh, is it? Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Great. I can't oh. remember his name. <laughs> Troy Deeney's brother. Ellie, Troy Ellie, Deeney's... Ellie Ellie Deeney. Deeney. He does play for Telford, right? Or he used not, to? Uh, not anymore. No, we, we got rid of him because he kept getting sent off. That's a genuine, yeah. genuinely true. He got like six red cards in two seasons. Oh, bless him. He was trying his hardest. Yeah. He wears his heart on his sleeve. You see, what I'd be interested in is a similar map, but uh, based on who your favourite member of three at the back is. That'd be interesting <laughs> to see. Oh, I wonder who would come out on top. I don't think it would be me, especially in Austria, after my earlier comments about LA. No. SK. Well, ben, ben didn't even know that they were from Austria, so I think he would be even lower down. <laughs> so basically, it's you, Luke. You're, yeah. you're the only I've, hope for this I've pod. got the, Aust- yeah, but... the Austrian contingent on lock. <laughs> you also have to think about, you know, some of the nation's heavy racist connotations and how that's going to impact Luke's That's, Luke's that's not going to endear you to the Austrians further, then. <laughs> <laughs> I've given up on Austria. I've given up on Austria. Ben, Ben, the the most woke man in the world, has offended all Austrians three times in the first five minutes of this podcast. Oh, it's fine. Austria, Austria's a pointless country. It's landlocked. I, I, I do you know what? I don't mind. I don't mind it. I've been to Vienna. It's fine. And we beat him last night. So have it. Have that. Yeah, also, that's another point about this. Sorry to get back on the Europa League, but last night, Arsenal were wearing their home uh, away kit at home in a supposedly It wasn't even, game. do you know what? That it wasn't even be, our away kit. That should be a legal. Third kit. Third kit. It was our change strip. You should automatically because, because, the game for that. that do you know what? Shocking. I agree. I completely agree. And it's because also, and I... I don't think I've commented on this on the podcast before. I'm a big fan of Arsenal's kits. This I'm not a big fan. I like the home kit. And, but their away kit, you're right, you've got a home kit that's red and white and you've got an away kit that is white and red. Yeah. But like, who made that decision? Yeah, I, I don't know. But but it, it doesn't make sense. I, I, honestly, nothing winds me up more, even in a friendly, than wearing your away kit at home. And if it was a problem that Rapid Vienna didn't have a, a suitable change kit that, you know, it would clash with Arsenal's red and white kit, then I think they should have just played in skins. <laughs> that's that's what you, you would have done at school. You pervy f- <laughs> it, was cold, um, it, was cold, it was cold in London last night. Well, it was chilly. Yeah, no. It was chilly. But perhaps very importantly, fans were back in the stadium. Now, we should probably touch on that. 
it was nice to see fans back in stadiums, wasn't it? Yeah. I particularly enjoyed Lee Bowyer's comment. The first night was obviously Wednesday. I particularly enjoyed yeah. Lee Bowyer's comments. I don't know if you saw Charlton had fans back um, and they lost 1-0 at home uh, to, M- to the MK Dons. And Lee Bowyer accused the Charlton fans who were there of, uh, of being too quiet and too negative to the Charlton team because they booed him. It's amazing. They booed, they it's booed amazing. the team amazing. off. <laughs> it's amazing. It's t- just gorgeous. I'll tell you what made me laugh. Uh, I saw Henry Winter tweet yesterday about the Arsenal game that the Arsenal fans in the stadium were singing to the empty rap of Vienna stand your support is f- and you can hear it on the coverage because like obviously there's not it it, it, it was so clear and gorgeous it was really nice also Wickham um, you know your ends Luke they they had their fans back in and watching Gareth Ainsworth their manager and the rest of the players walk around the pitch and he sort of did like a lap of honour and applauded them and they applauded him it was like, it was a bit goosebumpy. It was, cool. it was a bit tear in the eye really stuff. Cool. It was the a... first, the first time for context, the first time that the club's been in the Championship second tier, like in its entire history. Obviously, there are only a couple of thousand fans there um, to watch them lose one 0 at home to Stoke. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, James McLean's quite a good player. I feel like that's that's fair enough. Um, but it's also this this might like, like you say. I think a lot of fans had sort of come to the conclusion that they were never going to see their team yeah. in the championship despite them playing yeah. there. Um, and it's um, ho- hopefully they'll get a lot more, well, you know, hopefully a lot more fans will be able to see them as different season ticket holders get to go to different games and then maybe come, you know, towards the end of the season if Bucks actually could very well be in tier three um, with the next wave of mm. COVID announcements. Um, so it could be, I mean, 4,000 fans is probably a, about what they get anyway <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah. but I mean just going back to fans in general and you mentioned Henry Winterfee I don't know if you saw his tweet today if this is the most West London thing of all time so uh, club Chelsea members have been offered a premium plated package uh, for a luxury seat in the West Stand middle tier glass of champagne on arrival pre-match three course fine dining the game is at eight o'clock as well Leeds game 8 o'clock on a Saturday so pre-match 3 course complimentary bar complimentary bar including beer, wine house spirits soft drinks team sheet and programme 470 quid is this is that a good is deal? is this not how everyone goes is that not how everyone goes to football? that's, how, that's what happens at football <laughs> yeah, like is that not is that not common? Yeah. Uh, the compliment wait do you have to pay for beer at football normally? <laughs> that's mental <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd say 470 quid that it would be enough to get me VIP seats at AFC Telford United for the whole season I think you could buy no. you could buy a significant share you could, <laughs> but, you, you could buy a yeah, controlling share you, you laugh but shares in, in Telford do start from £100 so that would get you four shares nice not a bad it's yeah. not a bad knock I'm just in my head I'm trying to work out was it £470 yeah so I'm just trying to work out how much could I drink on the open bar to make it worth it. I've oh. I've been to the pub with you, Ben. So two pints is not going to do <laughs> to the open bar. Yeah, I think Chelsea are in safe Especially hands. Especially in when lockdown, I'm close by. I think yeah. the tolerance must be everyone's tolerance is shot. Yeah, if I, if tolerance I, is on the floor. If I can be serious about the fans for a second, I think that actually, you know, although we we'd love to see more fans in in the big stadiums, etc., which isn't possible at the moment, I do think this will do wonders for non-league because at Telford we're allowed 2,000 fans in which is about 500 fans more than the average gate so that's great you know we're going to get more fans 
Yeah, well, it's interesting you say that because at, at certain levels, it definitely will be and in certain tiers where you can, you know... But we had some people on... Well, we spoke to some people from the Isthmian League recently and uh, lots of those clubs have chosen not to compete in the Isthmian League because they can't have their secondary source of income, which is pints in the in the bar. Mm. I mean, they, they were saying to us in their clubhouse, they have 10 tables. So they can have 10 people in uh, social distance and they have to serve them food, which they don't currently have to have a substantial meal because of their tier. Um, and so it's just not financially no. viable no, it, at the it, moment it, for them to, it would cost to, them, to function. It would cost them more to open that clubhouse um, than they they, they they get anywhere. They wouldn't get anywhere near the amount that it would cost to open it. And we, yeah, we have that. We have had that problem at Telford with uh, away teams when they bring like 20 fans. Um, it, that if we open the whole away section behind the goal, it costs more to open that stand than, than we make out of 20 fans being there. Um, which, you know, is a shame because it was always fun to sing You Must Have Come In A Taxi. Uh, to those people, <laughs> yeah, I, it, it is. Yeah, it's, I suppose it's a nice step in in a road that to uh, to recovery for the for the sport and for life in general. Um, but it, yeah, it's, it's important to remember there's still some steps to go. Um, but hopefully, vaccine pending, we could be we could be back to normal by the Euros. Ooh, how exciting would that be? Um, but probably not. So we'll we'll move on to the Premier League as as we want to do on this podcast. Uh, I, I will. I think the biggest talking point of the weekend. I mean, we could talk about Spurs Chelsea, but it was an absolute snorefest. So we'll probably just glaze over that one. Spurs what, what, retaining. Ben, let me, let me answer, ask a question. What stood out for you, Ben? What stood out for me on the weekend? Well, there was a very key moment in the Arsenal Wolves game, which I think we should touch on. But I want to touch on that in a bit more detail. So we'll come first to Liverpool and Klopp just. He went off on one, didn't he, Fee? Oh, yeah. I mean, I was just saying to Luke, uh, off, off air, that sounds professional. That, um, <laughs> that, that, I just think he needs to shut up. Uh, Gary Neville absolutely mugged him off on Monday Night Football. Um, if you didn't see it, he, he brought up these stats that said how many games per day uh, Liverpool were playing and how many games per day other teams have played in previous seasons and comparing uh, Liverpool's number to other teams in previous years, it's just, it is incomparable. It, it's We're nowhere near uh, what those teams, and he did the same with 12.30 kickoffs, showing how many Liverpool uh, are, are playing this year, scheduled to play this year, and how many teams have played in, in previous years. And basically, you know, Klopp, like I know why he's doing it, but it's getting a bit annoying. Can we just, can he just motivate the players to play better? I, I mean, it's sort of again. I'll say what I said to Fee off air. I think it's Jurgen Klopp's job is not to appease Gary Neville or to appease the media or to even make sense. It is, and I, you know, it's what we saw. I think we saw Wenger do it for years. We've seen Mourinho do it everywhere he's been. Is no one is talking about how Liverpool threw away a game against Brighton? No one is talking about how Liverpool underperformed in that game, uh, despite having quite a lot of their star attackers on the pitch. No one is talking about the performance. Everyone is talking about five subs. Everyone is talking about the fixture schedule. No one is talking about the performance. And, you know, Klopp did it in the past with the wind. You know, he's, he's just, just plucks things out of air. Mourinho, you know, how many times, you know, all these Mourinho rants that we remember, how many of them are about his own actual team? They're about the referees. They're about... Well, they're normally just about the referees, and you know, I'm, I'm certain I remember Wenger doing it. Ben, you'll be able to attest to that more than me. Mm-hmm. But the best manager, well, it's a, 
the best managers do it. It's a tactic. They they deflect yeah. away from their own team because that's they their job is to protect the team. Well, it's and, interesting. Well, and yeah. keep the I players mean... sheltered. If he, because I think this is something that Solskjaer. Sorry to go off on a bit of a, a rant. I think this is something that Solskjaer doesn't really do because he's not like a top level ma- like manager. He doesn't know how to handle mm. the media and press as much. And he, he's he's more like, oh, I don't really know. You know, maybe we weren't as good in those moments. And they so he complains, but about minor things and still leaves people asking questions about the performances. And I think it's a clever managerial tactic. And I, you know, I'm sure Klopp actually does believe it in some way, but it's a lot easier than saying, oh yeah, you know, holding his hands up and saying, oh yeah, we weren't good enough. It's interesting because as part of uh, Neville's thing on Monday Night Football, he also brought up a comment from Sir Alex Ferguson in 2009 that was exactly the same as what Klopp is moaning about now. As in, it could have been word for word what Klopp said about 12.30 kickoffs um, Wednesday to, to Saturday, uh, 12.30 kickoffs. So your point about the top managers doing it, we saw obviously Sir yeah. Alex Ferguson, the best, uh, in my opinion, of all time doing it. Yeah, I, and, and you, you are right. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is, to his own discredit, too honest with the media. And I think Arteta is exactly the same. Like when he's asked, was that good enough? It's straight away like, we're not good enough. We have to be better. We have to grow. And it's sort of like, you're putting pressure on your squad to respond as quickly as possible. Whereas if you just deflect, distract, blame something else, the media will be in an uproar about it. But at the same time, they're annoyed at you. You take the pressure off of your players almost. I remember I remember um, Alex Ferguson doing it with Robin uh, Van Persie when he got kicked in the head with a football. And I think they ended up drawing that game against Swansea 1-1. But all anyone will ever remember about that game is the fact that Robin Van Persie could have died because Ashley Williams kicked a ball at his head and like everyone was mm. laughing about that. And you are, yeah, I mean, it's a good, yeah. J- Jurgen Klopp is probably the best manager in the Premier League at the moment, maybe in the world at the moment. Um, and he continue. I mean, we, we. I don't want to talk about VAR again because I think that it's got to a point of such, such partisanship that it's just like not, um, it's it's not worth talking about. It, it, like, I, should we? Some Should of the... we scoot over it then? Let's just scoot quickly over <laughs> that. Um, uh, what stood out for, for for Luke? Yeah, it's interesting. There are a lot of there are a lot of big moments. Um, I mean, the biggest moment which I'll, I'll touch upon, which is unfortunately came from one of the games I didn't watch, which is which was Fulham beating Leicester. Just one of those moments which makes you love the Premier League because who Gorgeous. would call that? Um, Can I just quickly jump me, in and I'll do, I'll... talk about that really quickly? Because, yeah, yeah. I mean... It's been coming. Yeah, I mean, it has. And I think you... Well, when they played Sheffield United, and you, I think you said in the in the group chat, you were like, are Fulham as bad as we thought they were? And I think that, yes. And I think that they still probably will go down. But for... Fulham were so long in that... When it was pay-per-view... They were always on the pay-per-view thing. And like my dad, who is he has a season ticket at Fulham, hadn't seen his club play in forever. And there was their, their first points of the season, their first win of the season, both on pay-per-view, didn't get to see that. And so for that to come in a match that he could see, it it really, I don't know, it, it, it made me realise that that was such a good decision to reverse that pay-per-view thing. And yeah, I mean... That's the kind. And of- I mean, to to be fair, Ben, from from a more like I don't know, maybe a nuanced point on that is I think that you know with Fulham being on pay per view, and I think what you could call unattractive times is people. A lot of people won't watch Fulham, and that leads to lazy stereotypes about how good absolutely, or bad Fulham are. yeah. But I remember watching the Sheffield United game because I, I think I was might have been working at the time, 
And I was like, Fulham look quite handy. And it's difficult because when you're talking about Sheffield United, you're talking about a team that has one draw and nine losses from 10 games. So yeah, your dreadful. barometer there is a bit skewed. But, you know, Fulham, they play good football and, you know, and Geese is a great player and they've got some good players in that team. They have some um, really good players for, across for, the board. And like, I, yeah. I, they are in that now in that category of like, they probably still will go down, but I think it's more in their hands than we at first thought. And I think Scott Parker it, is getting... It will be a fight. Yeah, Scott Parker's getting more of a tune out of that players than I think sometimes he gets credit for. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, but you were... Uh, for me, yeah. from the weekend, and I'll, I'll go quickly on it because, you know, don't know... But I watched Everton Leeds and I was expecting oh, it to smart. be a bit of a goal... I was expecting it to be a bit of a goal fest and it wasn't really. And, you know, Everton, Ancelotti, you know, played two midfielders at right wing back and left wing back. Um, which is a whole other thing, but I just it just reiterated to me how much I love watching Leeds. <laughs> and Leeds are playing Chelsea this weekend, and I think it'll be a fantastic occasion. Yeah. Leeds just create so many chances, and there's been a lot of talk about how good Bamford is and how good certain other players are. And you know, Jack Harrison could have had a hat trick in that game, ended up only getting one assist, I think. And Rafinha's goal was excellently taken. Yeah. Leeds just create, and it makes me think like, because be, Bielsa being Bielsa, you don't know how long he's going to stay there. Is he going to be, be there beyond this season? We don't know. But you think if you had a striker of of just slightly higher caliber than Patrick Bamford, I know Bamford does exactly what Bielsa wants, and it's not always about scoring goals. It's about pressing. It's about bringing other people into the game. But you just think if they had players with slightly better technical finishing ability, they would be. They would score like they would score like Liverpool under Brendan Rodgers like silly amounts of goals mm. because and they're just very they're very creative they're in the top you know Jack Harrison I think is in the top three or five for chances created in the league Leeds are in the top they're top by a long way for team chances and big chances created they're just fantastic to watch and you know they'll probably finish mid-table somewhere in that mire of mid-table teams from like 15th to 9th but Great to watch. Yeah. yeah. Also, it would also be, and I don't, I don't want to be disrespectful to anyone's club, um, and this is a personal preference, but for me, if a team like Leeds came into the league and stayed up and a team like Burnley went down, for me, in terms of the football that I want to watch, that is such a win. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it, it was. It, I'm, I'm glad you said it because it was what stood out on the weekend for me. But Luke is far more eloquent in the way he talks about football, so I don't really have to talk about that much. All I'll say is that I wish some of my ex-girlfriends could evoke the same sort of passion within me that Leeds United can when I'm watching <laughs> them, because. I was, I'm not a Leeds fan, but I was watching the game, and every time they had a chance, I was going, oh, and I was going, and I was like. Am I a Leeds fan or what's going on here? This is the thing, and Fee, it's easier for you because you have more of an attack. You have an actual attachment to the city, but for me and Ben, I think it's difficult because if you spoke to people who were maybe ten years older than us, they they people hate Leeds. Yeah. yeah. I I I my memory of Leeds growing up, like watching football, is I remember when Leeds were in the Championship, and I remember when Leeds were in League One. Mm. But I remember uh, people were like you know, and I, I, you know, up until they basically, up until they got Bielsa, I was like, Leeds are not a big club. Well, yeah, really. the history of They'd... Leeds is Don Revy and like cheating, violent, anything to win yeah. mentality. Um, and so to have them now playing, it, uh, yeah, it, it's like a nice story. It's weird. But if you, but genuinely, if you speak to anyone who's like five to ten years older than us, they still like hate Leeds. Yeah, my dad mm. is not a fan. Yeah. 
um because yeah, yeah. it's just that that's, well, that's yeah. the history I am looking forward to a Fulham fan being somewhat aggressive, Ben. Are you sure? <laughs> well, at least I think he sort of looked over his champagne glass and cigar and muttered something. I wasn't. We don't have much contact, me and me and father. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to Chelsea Leeds this weekend for sure. That's going to be a great game. I yeah, hope. some some good games coming it'll, up. It'll be no one now. Yeah, <laughs> I mean now you've said it, it's uh, it's it's yeah, now I'm saying yeah. Um, is there anything else you know fixtures you're looking forward to in the next in the next round? I know what I'm looking forward to. Oh, North, I, I say, North London Derby. Yeah, I say looking forward to North I'm... London Derby. If what? I was an Arsenal fan, I would not be looking forward no, to the North. No. Where, anything where? can anything can happen. You know, you look at the you know Tottenham were awful against um, Lask, and Hugo Lloris might not be fit. Is what's being said today. That's so, would, but that's just that's just Mourinho playing mind games with me. Um, what I'm looking forward to is Arsenal winning that game and then in two weeks' time losing to someone that they really shouldn't lose to uh, and then it all being terrible again. <laughs> can't wait. I think I think West Ham might beat Man United. Ooh. I will I will love it if they do. Ooh. There you Big go. Shout. That's best the prediction. Shout. I think they've got I think West Ham have got the best home record this season. Um, I might be might be right. There's there. not a lot of good home records going around at the moment. Is something that should be said. Um, well, it's, it's it's not shocking to me that West Ham with no fans at the London yeah. Stadium have the best home record. Yeah, not mm. a surprise um, that one. Not a big <laughs> shocker. Uh, well, a Leicester fan has just has just assured me that Sheffield United will beat them this weekend. So <laughs> if you're a, if you're a betting man, put that on your tab. That would be phenomenal. We should also quickly mention, I think, I don't know if we said it on the pod or not, but um, we said, or I said, Man City, you know, after being embarrassed by Tottenham, were going to bully the next team they played. And that five, obviously against Burnley, and we should give that the credit it deserves, but could have easily been like six, seven, eight nil uh, on the day. That five, I, that was bullying. I think... I think they've beaten Burnley five 0 about ten times. It happens last every year. The last, it's the last, the last four games between City and Burnley at the Etihad have been five 0 to City. Just glorious! Wow, there we are. That's Absolutely a really good glorious. stat. And that's why you work for who you work for, Boo. Um, right, North London derby. Can't wait for that. Will I'll either be in tears or I'll have a grin the size of the Cheshire cat next pod. Um, so we'll wait on that one. But moving. On. Gosh, we have zoomed through this. Uh, well, it's it's we've been I've been so engaged. But this was this was a joint idea. I think Felix floated it, and then we've we've adapted it slightly. Um, but we're ten games into the season, so it's time. Uh, I think most of the teams are ten. I think there are some games anyway. Unless you're Man City, Man United, Everton, uh, Aston Villa, or Burnley. Burnley. Burnley? Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, we, you know. It's it's that time where we're starting to starting to see how things are going to settle as the season goes forward. So it's about time that we did our team of the season so far. Um, it's it, yeah. Who do we think has played best? Have we have, do we have we going to set it as team of the season is always a four three three? You've got to play a four three three or mine mine is a four three three. As is mine. All, basically, all my 11s are four three. Yeah, you love a bit. Knowing of... Felix, it's a four one two one two diamond. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I don't, I don't even know my team yet oh, <laughs> because I did a different one. Oh, good. Uh, oh good. four three that three. Is true. Let's all go right. four three three. Four three three. Well, Luke, it as, may change as you've got a a, yeah. a, a grown up four three three and you've done your yeah. homework. You can go first. Who have you got in goal? Yes, mate. It's I think goalkeeper and defence were difficult because there's been a lot of goals scored. You know, you remember way back when in the first four game weeks, it was record numbers of goals. 
Um, so defense is a little bit hard, but for me, I've seen him play a few times. I just think Alex McCarthy's been <laughs> sensational this year. Mm. I really wow. do. I wasn't uh, expecting it's a bit that. Of a, it's a bit of a left field pick um, because obviously you've got someone like Edouard Mendy who has been very good for Chelsea. Um, but I think the Chelsea defensively as a team have been very impressive. Mm. Whereas, and obviously Mendy has been impressive as well, but McCarthy has in particular impressed me. Fair enough. Bit of a left. I like. I like. I do like a left field pick. So we'll allow that. Fear, have you got a goalkeeper in mind? Uh yeah, I have. Um, and it's Edward Mendy. Smart. Uh, he's been the best one so far, in my opinion. He, the, the fact he's come in and uh, made such a difference to Chelsea speaks volumes of. I mean, I'm not saying he's the best keeper in the world, but clearly the team feels a lot more safe with him in net. And being a new keeper coming in, you don't often get that immediate kind of um, chemistry between a team and a goalkeeper he has to earn their trust normally but he seems like he earned it really really quickly I think his first was his first game in 0-0 against United or have I got that wrong yes it was Uh, well it was his first Premier League game first okay well I think in that game he he showed um, a lot of quality and and that seemed to be the game where he won them over so I'd have him yeah, a good, good goalkeeper. Most importantly, um, can save shots that are directed at his goal, which makes him a infinitely better replacement to his uh, former uh, position. So we'll, we'll leave it there. I had three names on, on my sheet that I was sort of torn between. Um, Edward Mendy was one of them, so I won't go for him, as you've already said him, because he's got the credit reserves. McCarthy wasn't on my sheet. I have, it's a choice between the, the North London clubs. Um, I think that... Tottenham now dangerously getting good at defending, which always worries me when I see that in a in a Mourinho team. Um, but I'm not going to put the racing goal because I support Arsenal and I've been so endlessly impressed with Leno. And I think that he is... I, I just think that in terms of when a shot is on goal, I feel so much more secure with him in that than I have felt with so many of the Arsenal goalkeepers have passed and I think that if it wasn't for him some of the games that have been close for Arsenal um, would not even be uh, within reach so even though Arsenal have been dreadful I've been so impressed with Lenny. Right. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, I think I think uh, has had one of the best seasons yeah. um, so far as well. Do you want, I'll ping through my defence. Go for it. Um, I feel like we'll have similar right backs. Um, for me it's Kyle Walker. Agreed. Um, so far this season, I think he's been very good for Man City. Um, you know, he gets criticism, and he, you know, he has to play in different positions for England as well. And you know, at times Guardiola has used him as like an inverted wing back or something complicated, what have what have you. I would put Chelsea's defensive improvement down more to Thiago Silva. I think just watching him play, he's similar to Van Dijk in that he has that sort of Rolls Royce effect. Nothing phases him. He's class on the ball. He's not as physically imposing as as Van Dijk, but I honestly think 36-year-old Thiago Silva reads the game potentially better. Also, he has got that um, threat. He's, he scored a headed goal that was quite something to view. Yeah, like he's not the yeah, biggest centre back. He's obviously but not bad. He's not bad in the air as well. He knows how to is, use his the, size. My other my other centre back, I think, is you know I think Spurs and Southampton have been very good defensively, and I could have had Lloris and then. You know, maybe Vestergaard or Bednarek. Instead, I went for McCarthy in goal, and I've gone for Eric Dyer at centre back. Spurs are the only team so far to not. They've played ten games, and they're the only team that have kept out 
single figures goals. I think they've conceded nine goals. Chelsea have conceded ten. Um, and I think Dyer has been a mainstay in that. And Mourinho, Mourinho said as soon as he came, we saw it on the Amazon documentary. He wanted Dyer. <laughs> And it's paid dividends. Now, my left back has missed a couple of games um, through uh, injury, and it's a little bit of a difficult one. Could have gone for Ben Chill. I think he's been fantastic. But uh, Luca Dean, it's just, it's just class. He does. He had, since he, yeah. since the moment he arrived on Merseyside, he's just whipping balls in left, right, and centre. And in the earlier part, in the early part of the early season, very impressive um, down that left and Everton are a much poorer side without yeah, him in it the difference he makes which is mental because he's a left back but the difference he makes in their results is 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 insane um, I have I've got three of the same players as you the only difference is that I have Ben Chilwell at left back um, I agree with you 100% about Thiago Silva since he came in he looks to have settled that um, Walker is I think having the best season and which is mental because I find myself saying that a lot about him he just keeps improving which is interesting good to have that in an English player Eric Dyer as well I've always quite liked Dyer and I've always quite liked him as a centre-back so it makes me happy that he's getting played there by Mourinho and then Ben Chilwell just I've said I've said everything I can say about Ben Chilwell in in the past and he's proving all of that potential to be to be right so Fee take us take us home on the defence front yeah um, so uh, right back I, I thought about uh, Soufal I think what I thought about him because he's I've liked him and also his name sounds like a delicious meal, um, <laughs> but I haven't gone with him. I've gone with I've gone with Reese James at right back because I've been very impressed with him, not just for Chelsea but also for England. Um, we know about our. You like a bit uh, of swearing right. at the refs, do you? Well, we know about our right backs and the fact that he's come in and seems to uh, be first choice there at the moment for England says a lot about him. Uh, centre backs, I've got Dyer, and then um, I've also got uh, who, who else have I got? It's a good question. I think I've gone for Thiago Silva as well. Yeah, for, with Chelsea, and I've also gone for Ben Chilwell. Delightful. I just think I've been impressed. I've got four of Chelsea's back five. That is disgusting. I've just been impressed with them. I've been impressed just, with them. Just Zuma who misses out. Gotta feel sorry for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like. I think Zuma's been good as well. He have a back five, mate. Have a back five. Why not? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> he could easily have got in there, but uh, yeah, that, that's the that's my fault. Uh, oh, Wayne, 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 Wayne Bridge at left back. Yeah. Yeah, good lad, good lad. He's he he deserves it. Wayne Wayne Bridge. He's been through a lot. Um, I'll start us off in the midfield. Um, I've gone for a, well, I think the obvious choice at the moment. Um, he's been one of the best. I mean, again, one of those players that has come in and changed the way that Spurs play is Pierre-Emile Hoiberg, or Hoiberg, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Um, he, I remember when Lucas Torreira joined Arsenal and he played in that same position in, in the midfield. And I was like, wow, this guy's undersized. He can play a pass. He seems to intercept everything. He seems to be everywhere. And that's that's we 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 lost that. Torreira disappeared and has gone off to Atletico. And Hoybier is that for Tottenham. He's just that player that is endless energy, always winning the ball back, always playing a good pass, always dribbling around players. He's just he's just been fantastic for Spurs. Um, then I've got Kevin De Bruyne because I still think Kevin De Bruyne is the best player in the league, and it, I just he's just joyous to watch. Um, at times and then finally my final member of the three I've got Mason Mount because I wow. was okay. well, no, I was cynical about him when he when he first came to, to Chelsea and for me he's a player that just consistently improves incrementally and watching him in a number eight for Chelsea I've been so impressed with him and I do hope that he gets a chance to play there for England because I think that he is something that 
we don't have in a lot of midfielders. Um, and I, yeah, I, I, I don't have to justify myself to you, Felix. I can put Mount if I want there because it's my eleven. So there we go. Who have you got in the midfield with your, with your indignant size? Well, uh, well, as you see, my team is actually very adaptable. I've realised it could be a four-three-three, or it could also be a four-four-two because of the personnel I've got in there. So uh, in midfield, I've got Kevin De Bruyne, and this one is very, very left field, I think. And it's also a guy from Spurs. Tangi Undombele. I've been so impressed with that man. I think he's been fantastic this season. What makes it more impressive was how written off he was uh, at the back end of last season. So uh, to come in, to play as consistently well. I'm not saying he's been amazing, but he's been consistently well. And to get trusted by Mourinho and to help his team to the top of the league, very impressed by him. And also... I've got Jack Grealish because he is so good to watch. I love watching him. Yeah, but he's not—he's not a central midfielder, is he? Well, no. See, it's a four—it's a four-three-three that could be a four-four-two. He's like—if you think of this—if I was going four-three-three, Grealish is the is the ten. It's the classic player that okay. doesn't play. It's like when Hazard got named in the three in a four-three-three before. Oh, it's fine. Move yeah. on. Move on. Yeah. Um, for me, we've we've waxed lyrical about Hoybier, um, and I've talked about him on numerous pods. Uh, for me, I haven't gone for KDB. I've gone because I just don't think he's played enough games at a high enough level yet. Um, I, d- I think he'll be there at the end of the season. Uh, Bruno for me. Yeah. Uh, when United are up and United are up and down. I think. Um, but Bruno is Bruno is a constant. He's so good. Um, he's so annoying. I mean, really is, good is he? Is he? Is he? Yes. No, he's yes. Good. Is he? If you, if you don't okay. think he is, you haven't watched and enough then of him. My final midfield pick um, is it's another defensive midfielder, and it's a man who's been in the team in the season before. I think a couple of times maybe, um, and it's N'Golo Kante. I think back to his best. Most interceptions in the league this year, I think that's back to what he's doing best. And I think, for me, this probably comes from watching every single Chelsea game for 90 minutes. And it's just, you know, he's just sensational. Uh, and it's it's lovely watching him mop up and, you know, ping the ball about, uh, um, you know, normally Havertz on his right, Mount on his left, Kovacic as well. And the whole, the team, he's so much better there. Um, the team is so much better when Kante's there. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, uh, yeah I, I think that I think that is a, a, an excellent point. We are we are close to time, gentlemen. So we zip through I our front. I think front three is going to be. Yeah, pretty we similar. should zip through it. Really, Fee, who have you gone for in the front three? Jota, Kane, Son. Okie dokie, Luke. Uh, for me, it's, it's Kane and Son and Grealish. Yeah, I've got the exact same as you, Luke. Um, Kane and Son <laughs> have to be in there. Jota, I like. I like him a lot as a player. I think he's got something like four appearances in the champion, uh, five appearances in the Champions League, four goals, and the same in the Prem for Liverpool. So he likes scoring goals. Um, and obviously, you had Grealish in your midfield, so we'll let you off bending the rules as you are wont to do. Um, we always like to see your 11s, what you would have gone for. So feel free to tweet us at 3BackPod on Twitter. If you don't follow us already, give us a follow as well. Um, or just slate off our 11s. We, we love to see that as well. <laughs> and as always, you can just find Felix, message him on Facebook. He yeah. enjoys that kind of thing. Uh, I, I'm, I'm still waiting to hear from someone who knows about the Botswana Premier League. <laughs> uh, my DMs have been open all week. I haven't had anything. I'm really upset. I was really behind Gilport Lions. Clearly, they're not behind us. So we're going to have to find you another team, Ben, I think. 
<laughs> oh well, I I love when you find me teams. Um, so I'm looking forward to that, uh, and I'm looking forward to mine and Luke's trip to Stamford Bridge to have champagne and watch the mighty Leeds take down Chelsea Football Club. Until then, I've been Ben Henley Washer. I've been joined by the lovely Luke Bosher. Pleasure as always, mate. And the ethereal Felix Barkin. See you later, mate. <laughs> see you later. We'll see you next time.